Hey, hey, hey. What's up, folks? It's your boy, Miguel. And welcome to season two, episode one of I'm Walking Here. Thank you for being patient. Uh, I'm waiting for this first episode to come out. Uh, I know it's been a while, but uh, the last few weeks have been somewhat of a whirlwind. We moved, the kids are changing schools, um, schools just started for me, uh, and, and among other things that are going on. So, uh, as you can imagine, life life is what life is, and things keep going, but I, I do still want to do this, this podcast, and uh, hit up on some subjects that I feel passionate about. Um, and, and at the risk of getting political, you know, but this is, as you guys know, the ones that have been listening for a while, you know, it's, it's mostly an opportunity for me to uh, vent and attempt to motivate and attempt to be, to put positive messages out into the universe. Um, kind of starting with this first episode. Um, which has to do with the subject, once again, that I feel passionate about, and that's the subject of education in the state of education in America. Um, it's, we're not doing so hot. We're not doing so hot, folks. We're not doing terrible for, Amer- for the world against the world standard, and against some, if you compare us to some countries, you know, we're doing fantabulous. But for us, we're not doing so hot. And I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to scratch the surface on a couple of uh, things uh, with regard to our, our education and how we handle education in this country and why it's important, why I think it's important. Uh, but in order to do that, you know, I wanted to um, kind of do like a little reminder about kind of a history lesson if you will you know about where kind of where education started here in America it's not really a history lesson but it's it's a call to how a call to the roots of how we used to look at education in this country you know we make a lot of references um to the Constitution whenever certain topics and discussions come up and you know the Constitution is used as a reason to remember why um, what makes America great or what makes America special you know the Constitution was written in this way so that XYZ you see that's what makes America America our forefathers intended for uh this that or the other they put it in the constitution you know that's what our country is founded on that's what makes america uh so awesome etc etc uh i'm not sure if i'm making sense there but basically what i'm saying is that america and what america stands for has these we have these principles you know and a lot of times many times um, 
depending on what, what side of an argument you're on an argument. That's, that's, not, that's not accurate. Let me just say it this way. The forefathers, our forefathers of the country, the Constitution, get used as a, 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 a leverage in a debate for different topics that come up in this country. But what I want to remind everyone, or maybe even inform those who are listening, is that our education is one of those fundamentals. Thomas Jefferson himself, Thomas Jefferson himself, one of the forefathers of our country, former president of the United States, uh, at one point wrote a letter, um, I think it was, I had to do with Virginia, and I can't remember what the topic exactly, what, what issue he was addressing, but essentially what he was spelling out is the necessity, the purpose and the necessity for a public school system, right? He talked about the, what was it, the class of hundreds, uh, which would have been like elementary grade schools, um, the middle schools, the university schools, um, and back then, you know, he talked about everybody should get a fundamental foundational education. And those that do well enough can continue their education, which, okay, that makes sense, those that do well enough. Now, what's different now than it was then is that we have a lot more knowledge and a lot more resources. But the point, one of the main points that he was trying to establish is that because we were a young country at the time, he was trying to make it a point that we have, that we had educated people and educated citizens who could act as, um, who could act intelligently in molding this country. Because those were the kind of people that were gonna be needed to run the country and I think that message is being lost or not being talked about enough I think the foundational now I'm talking about the foundations as it stands in the country today what it takes to run our country today and how a higher education is so important and imperative for everyone to receive and how opportunities should be available for everyone to receive a quality education because the state of our country depends on it. And that ideal was put on paper by Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers himself, said it himself. He foresaw it, if you will, and in a his genius and then the genius of many of our other forefathers as to what it was going to take to make a special country that was going to be what's the word they knew back then that the idea of of a of an america a country which later became the united states of america was going fundamentally was going to have to be an intelligent people an educated people 
and that still holds true today. I happen to believe that a lot of the problems that we have today in America have to do with that we don't have it doesn't have to do with smart people, but we have we definitely have a fair share of ignorant people. And I don't mean ignorant as in stupid or dumb. I mean ignorant as in they just don't know any better. And they're but the reason that we have so many sheeple, quote unquote, sheeple walking around is because they don't know any better. We we have a country full of people who are uneducated. And you know, just out of curiosity, I looked up the statistics on it. And according to the Department of Education, now, as we all know, when it comes to statistics, you can make stats bend one way or the other, you know, in presenting a case. You know, if any, for anybody who's anybody who knows. But I think, but I, but I believe that statistics can also be an accurate re representation if uh, a significant amount and a relevant amount of time is used in research. And I did what I think to be a fair amount of research. Just some questions, you know, had some answers uh, to, that needed to be answered. First of all, curiosity got the better of me. And I was curious, what's our graduation rate? currently our high school graduation in the public schools in America right now well the standard for the country is about 80 percent 80 percent is the national standard the country the Department of Education sets the bar at 80 percent all public schools our bar is 80 percent you will you must you should try to meet that Okay, when you look at the statistics state by state, from top to bottom, best to worst, our, the, be, the worst, let's, let's go to the worst, because the best, the best is the best, I mean, they all meet or exceed the standards, that's like your top 25%, or even your top half, but the lower half of, uh, of the country graduation rates they hover around you know just at the standard and below and if you look at number 50 which I believe was Nevada right Nevada was sitting at like Nevada was sitting at like a 72 percent that's only eight percent off the national standard now oh by the way the national standard is 80 percent but the average is 82%. So across the country, 82% of kids are graduating high school. And that might sound good, but it, which it is, which it is, it is. But a couple of the, the couple of things that I want to point out are, I don't think it accurately reflects uh, the majority of the country. I think it's just a blanket number that gets that, that accounts for too many people and you could break it down by a race you could break it down by um, city county state and all that stuff um, but the one thing that I just want to point out is that 
The one thing that I want to point out is that if that is a standard, then we should give every school the opportunity to meet that standard. And I don't think those opportunities are, are given. And I think the evidence is, is that we have schools that exist in this country in states that have good graduation rates. We have schools in this country that are just, they're just bombing, you know? I'll give you an example. New Mexico, right? New Mexico has a graduation rate currently of, I think it said 70, 70, like 75%, something like that, 75%. But my daughter went to a school, an inner city school in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I looked up that one specifically. Now, just remember, 80% is what the national standard is. 82% is the national average. So that sounds really good. New Mexico is sitting at 75%, which is below the national standard. But when you, when you really go down, down to the nitty gritty and you go to an inner city school itself, like the one that I looked up that my daughter used to go to, their, their graduation rate is at 64%. 64%, that's two thirds. That means you can pick out three kids and just pick out two of them and say, only you two are gonna graduate, you, I don't know what you're gonna do. Now, for some people that might be okay. For some people that might be okay. But you're looking at, what did I say, 64%. When the national average is 80%, here's a school that's well below the average. Now, what I could have done is I could have seen like what they're, and what I probably should have done is gone back and looked at what their, what their trend is. Is this, are they in a deep, are they in a dip? Are they at a peak? Hopefully they're not at a peak at 64%, but are they at a dip? Are they, in a, are they at a peak or at a valley? Um, who knows, hopefully they're at a valley. But my guess is that 64% is hovering about what they are used to. And my question at that point is why is that acceptable? And how do we improve that? And what steps have been taken to improve that? Those are just open questions. Those are open-ended questions. I don't have the answers without researching them, but I don't think it's acceptable. And I think that, I think that when you look at the big picture of the kind of people, see, and I'm, I'm not talking about, let's, let's make one thing clear. We're not talking about, we're not talking about wealth. We're not talking about status. We're not talking about race. We're not talking about sex. We're talking about the level of intelligence possessed by average everyday Americans that are walking the streets right now. And I'm not being, I'm not trying to be um, negative and I'm not trying to be, um, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I'm just saying that it seems like we have some very unintelligent people walking around. And I think that those types of things point out when you look at the numbers and there's a lot more than just looking at the numbers. I realize that. But when you look at this, I mean, you have to ask yourself, I think some some tough questions, right? South Carolina, South Carolina boasts right around 79% graduation rate, 79%. But if you go to one of the inner city schools within um, North Charleston, right? At 79%, but you look at this one inner city school, now it's one out of many. You get 79% somehow. 
but I still make the same case that with this one school in North Charleston specifically that I looked up, that was at 50 to 55% graduation rate last year. That's only half of the kids. Of all the kids, over, you know, over a thousand. I'm talking over a thousand kids. And you can go to 500 of those kids and say, you guys, get out of here. Get out of here. Those guys are relegated. Those people, those people, those children, those young adults who are going, getting ready to become grown adults are getting ready to be McDonald's workers for the rest of their lives, potentially. Because, because we put such uh, emphasis on the fact that we need, and as well we should, on higher education, those kids are not necessarily being set up for success. Now, like I said, 82% is the national average, 80% is the standard. I think South Carolina has 79. This one school that I looked up, I'm not going to name any names. You can look it up yourself in, in your own cities or towns or whatever. But in this one town, in North, one school in North Charleston, they're down to what, 50, 55%. That's a huge gap. Why are they missing the mark so much by just the national standard? And why are they allowed to do so? In my opinion, something needs to change. That stuff needs to be identified, and that stuff should not be acceptable. And I mean, there. And, and I will admit, also, one more time, I did not take. I probably could have taken one more step to look at a trend, to see how how exactly this trend has been going. Is this a dip, or is this a is this a valley, or is it a peak? Hopefully, it's not a peak. But the question is, how do we get closer to the national standard? How do we? Are we? Were they at worst? Were they at a, a 35 or a 40 or a 40? I mean, what? why is this acceptable? And to me, just when I look at the state of the country that, are we, uh, that we are in right now, when I look at the state of the country that we are in right now, and I take into account the people that I run into every day on a regular basis, okay? I have to believe, I believe that people aren't being challenged, people aren't, people aren't doing well. In school, scholastically, I think it's, for some reason, it's an acceptable, um, it's acceptable for some reason, I don't know. But how do, how do we fix it? Well, I'm, I have an opinion, right? And it's very simple, it's really simple. And, but, I believe that it's a, it's a simple fix that's been overlooked. And the responsibility lies in two places. It lies maybe not solely in these two places, but in the, mostly in these two places. And it's not in the government's hands, right? It's not necessarily in the school district's hands. The responsibility for improving this lies in the teacher's hands and and all caps, bold faced, huge letters, teachers, and parents. This is one of the reasons why I'm getting into teaching myself. I've been raising kids in public schools for a long time. And it seems like both sides of this, it seems like our, our kids, I'm talking our kids, I'm talking America's kids, 
not my kids, the ones that I helped to make genetically, but I'm talking about our kids, my American kids, my community kids, my neighborhood kids. I feel we are, we, we as a country are, we're hurting these kids academically. The reason we are doing so poorly is because we have let them down. And if you go to school, you see that parents, they, they just, they drop their kids off and they treat school like it's a daycare. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Not a lot, not all of them, but a lot of them. And it's a lot of them in the schools that we have experience with, with which is the mostly the lower income inner city people. Is it their fault? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not pointing, I'm not saying that poor people are the problem. I'm saying that it is in these schools where most of these kids go to that they have the most difficulty. Now, what I can tell you about a lot of these inner city and, and lower income places that they have a lot of hard-working parents and these hard-working parents are having to work two possibly three jobs to to uh, earn a living to make a living that takes time and that takes time that that takes time away from their kids that they should be giving helping their kids learning from their kids spending with their kids act in academic areas okay so that's you know it's a very it's a complex issue and I'll admit that but what I, what I will also admit is that parents aren't, I don't, I don't personally believe, it is my opinion, that parents need to spend more time with their kids in an academic environment. What are you doing for homework? What kind of homework do you got? Why don't you show me what you're doing? Tell me about that. Oh, mom. Oh, dad. That's so boring. I don't feel like it. I gotta go do something. Hey, you're gonna sit there and you're gonna explain it to me. Please, I'm asking you. And you're not going anywhere until you tell me what's going down. And whether you understand it or not, as a parent, because these kids, they're, they're on a different level. They're on a different level. But whether you understand it or not, do that sort of stuff. Make them tell it to you. If they can explain it to you, then they understand it. If they can't explain it to you, then they need more instruction. And if you can't help them in that area, then what you can do is you can help them, help point them in the right direction. Hey, Johnny, Charlie, Jesus, George, whatever. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I need for you to go back and talk to your teacher. I hate talking to my teacher. Oh, I don't care who you want, who you care, who you like or like, don't like talking to. You can go talk to them, and then if they give you a hard time, you're going to come back and tell me. Because that's my responsibility as a parent. Are you guys tracking what I'm trying to say here? I don't think enough of that so those sort of conversations are taking place. And be it because parents are trying to be more hands-off, or parents have less opportunities because they're too busy trying to raise families, that's one thing. The other responsibility has to do with teachers, of course. Now, the one school that I was talking about that my daughter went to in, um, in Albuquerque, there were teachers 
that were racing the kids out the door. You know what I'm saying? Final bell, and their teachers were running to their cars just as quick as the kids were running to their cars. And in my opinion, that's a foul. I asked, my daughter was having trouble in a math class. She knows she's supposed to ask for help. When she did that, she was given a hard time by these teachers. Now, what do you think that does to the students? When their one true resource, their one true source of information and assistance gives a student no time of day. What do you think that does for them? You think they're going to keep coming back? Hell no. Hell no. And if the parents can't help them at home, and the teachers aren't willing to, now you've got a problem. And I, that one incident could have been a standalone, um, a standalone incident or a standalone case. I don't think it was. In that same school, you had teachers, a teacher, a male teacher, talking to a male student about how they thought it was cool that their wife's boobs were getting bigger because she was pregnant. That sounds like a, a conversation that's appropriate in the classroom. No, it's not. So the, the professionalism in the classroom has significantly gone down and that's a problem. So it's up to us as parents and it's up to teachers individually to put an emphasis on the importance of the class environment and the quality of teaching that our kids are getting. That responsibility lies both with the teacher and the parent. Both, all caps bold, with the teacher and all caps bold, the parent. It's a team effort. It is a team effort towards a fundamental, right? If you go back to the very beginning of this talk, towards a fundamental necessity. Our country is falling off. We used to be the place to go. Well, we still are the place to go. See, and that's another, that's another team kind of problem. We're opening up universities too. See, we, for the, for the, for purposes of diplomacy, for purposes of, um, opportunity and globalization. You know, if you look at globalization as being a good thing, yes, our universities should be open to the world. Absolutely, 100%. However, comma, one could argue that if our, one could argue if our graduation rates and our enrollment rates, which is also down, which is also down, how many of those inner city schools that I just talked about, how many of those guys are going to college, you think? How many of those guys are getting their higher education? Yeah, exactly. None. So of those, if our own, if we're, if we are willing to let our own citizens hang, let them out to dry, leave them out to dry, and let's not jump on any soapboxes about how great and patriotic we are because even though I'm not necessarily talking about the disparity which exists between the races, it exists, all right? It exists. I mean, that's one little, that's another nugget within the stats that I talked about that you can't overlook. 
when you're talking about graduation rates, which ones are high and which ones are low. The low ones, why? Someone could ask, why do the lower graduations reside in areas and neighborhoods that, that are populated by certain groups and races? But I'm not making this a race issue. I'm making this a country issue. Because in my opinion, when you make education a priority, we will have no choice but to make it a blanket priority all across the board. We can make, we have no choice but to do so. But it has to be a priority for each and every person, each and every family, and each and every community member, okay? You're doing well, you know a guy that's struggling, or you're doing, your family's doing well, but you know a family that's struggling, how can you help, can you help? Is there a way? Is it possible? Does it hurt to even ask the question? Hey, you're guy, you know, I noticed that you guys seem to be really busy. You know, I know that it's tough to keep the kids in check when it comes to their school. Is there somewhere I can help? Is there some way little Johnny can help? Because he's doing really well, etc., etc. Now, that's difficult to do because um, I understand that's difficult to do because you have to come out of your comfort zone and talk to people. That's not exactly something that people are good at nowadays. But for the kind of improvement that I'm talking about, that sort of stuff has got to become more normal or less awkward or just confronted. For the kind of future that I'm talking about, there has to be a level of courage that people take on in order to have conversations that are difficult. So, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. I'll always talk about that stuff. All right, so let's see here. Where am I at? All right, I think that's all I wanted to vent right now about education. Education is a fundamental, a fundamental American idea. It's part of our fundamental American ideology that um, education is the great, quote-unquote, equalizer. And that's not exactly true nowadays. Education is only an opportunity that's available to not necessarily certain people, but it's just not available to everyone. It's less about race and it's more about wealth and poverty and, and who's doing well and who's not doing so hot. And if you take time into consideration as far and consider that a, you take time into, uh, into consideration um, and calculate that as a, as currency, you'll see. <laughs> There's a big, a large disparity. I, I encourage everyone, anyone, my one or two listeners, I think I'm up to two now, who, who are listening to this, to dig for yourself and just ask, ask yourself, ask the question, why do you think that is? Why do you individually think that is? And then why do you individually, or how do you individually think that you can help if it's important to you? If it's not, then, you know, whatever, do what everybody else is doing and just go on about your day and and just let things be as they are. But I'm telling you that if we continue to let this thing keep just getting um, swept under the rug, we're all gonna be dealing with it, and we are. And we are. So, you know, whatever. It is, that, that part is what it is. But uh, yeah, all right, so uh, I think I'm, let's see, what's, time check. Time check. Time check? Where's my time check? Oh, 
We're right at 31 minutes. Okay, so yeah, I like to keep these things around 30 minutes. So I've, I've, I've ranted and rambled long enough. Uh, for those of you who may have tuned in, um, I appreciate you listening. Please, um, you may have noticed that it, it, this is a little more organized than the first season. Um, if you did notice that, then I am grateful because I tried to do that and it went noticed. So, awesome. Uh, this is I'm Walking Here. My name is Miguel and um, I do this sort of thing. I try to do this thing, sort of thing once a week. I just walk around downtown streets of Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I'm a 40-ish year old, uh, uh, retired uh, military veteran, going who's a full-time student right now, trying to get a, a degree in education. And uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Tune in next week. Hopefully we'll still be here because we have uh, Hurricane Florence on its way in. I don't think it's going to hit us though. Uh, tune in next week. Hopefully I'll have one an episode ready next week. I'm not sure what I'll be talking about. You're more than welcome to send me a message. Maybe I can speak to it intelligently. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll talk to you guys later. God bless.